Please pardon us. We are working through these technical issues and there is not a camera on today's session, so it can only be through audio. Next week, it will be resolved. I would push off the webinar until tomorrow and redo it, but I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Please understand, your time is precious to us and it's a torture for us to keep you waiting. That being said, we have been experiencing technical issues. We have not been able to log on properly and get the camera working. So today's class will be an audio class rather than a video class. You'll pardon us in advance for the technical issues that are out of our control. <clears throat> today's webinar is speaking about Shalom Bayis versus Chinuch, the challenges, the solutions, the resolutions. <clears throat> we have to explore what does it mean, Shalom Bayis versus Chinuch. So the first thing before we discuss the Chinuch, we have to discuss the Shalom Bayis. What does it mean, Shalom Bayis, altogether? <clears throat> now, there are many different types of situations where spouses don't get along where spouses argue with each other, <clears throat> where spouses take different approaches, where one spouse, where spouses fight. And it's one thing when this is going on as the couple is childless. That's what we call in Yiddish a halbat tzara. It's a chatzit tzara. It's only a partial problem. It's a problem, a big one, but not as big as when children start getting pulled into this problem. Then it becomes extremely, extremely complicated. The Shalom bias becomes complicated. And I'll say more than that. We're not even going on to discuss the Chinuch aspect yet, but we are mentioning that the Shalom bias itself becomes more complicated when there's Chinuch around. Why is that? How is that? Because couples that even would normally get along, because they differ in the way to be Mechanech, their children, that will bring them to fight much more. And then there are personal agendas that become complicated because of this, which means that <clears throat> because of the fact that I disagree with my spouse, so I feel my spouse doesn't consider my opinion. I feel my spouse steamrolls me. I feel my spouse runs over me. I feel my spouse just does what he wants, she wants, and I'm in their way. They don't even consider me. I feel that's one thing. So look how... The Shalom Bayis, when transplanted onto Chinuch, will just make the Shalom, when, when inserting Chinuch into the Shalom Bayis dynamic, it will just make the Shalom Bayis worse and worse and worse. Now that's just because of the interactions of Shalom Bayis. But what about the actual chinuch component of the shalom bayis? Meaning, what about the fact that when the spouses disagree and one has one approach in chinuch and another one has another approach in chinuch and you're fighting all the time and each spouse can be protecting the children from the other spouse's terrible methods of chinuch. Each one trying to save the children from their spouse. <clears throat> this can be in a case where one spouse is more lenient and more warmer. Another spouse can be stricter and more structured. So, and each one is trying to save the children. And a lot of times one parent will form a coalition with the other parent and they'll be together with the children against the spouse. And they'll be watching the spouse like a hawk. And if the spouse tries to do anything of their shtick, 
they'll try to parent their way, heaven forbid, I will come in and interject and I will tell my spouse, do you know that that's not chinuch? Don't you listen to Rabbi Brizak? Don't you know that's not the way you mechanach today? I can't believe that this is how you mechanach. You can't believe it. You're destroying the children. You want the children to go up healthy? You want them to stay on the derach? Maybe you won't be so bold as to doing that. Instead, you'll do it the nice way. And what you'll do is, when your spouse is mechanach wrong, you say, Tati didn't mean it. Mommy didn't mean it. She just didn't feel well today. Or maybe you'll criticize your spouse in front of the kids. You'll tell them off in front of the kids. You'll give them a piece of your mind to make sure to catch them in their tracks and minimize the damage that they do. You understand what's happening on, on what's, what's happening here? You've identified a number of different dynamics of how when we insert the chinuch component into the shalom bias dynamic, it will blow up the shalom bias even more. It will demolish the shalom bias even more. And we gave you now a few examples. One example is when the spouse, the other spouse, your one spouse, so the other spouse feels slighted because you don't consider their opinion in Chinuch, and you try to <clears throat> shove it away, you undermine them, you override them, you object to them, and they feel personally slighted. Then we went on to say, not only will they feel personally slighted, but you may be trying, or your spouse may be trying to save the children from you. That's the second dynamic that we're showing how when the chinuch becomes introduced into the shalom bayis, it's a catastrophe. And you'll be trying to save your children, then it gets worse. Then you have a third aspect of this. That's when one spouse can try to, the kids will play one spouse against the other. The kids will, when they know mommy is strict, mommy is strict, mommy doesn't allow, so they go to Abba, to Daddy, to Tati, whatever you call him. And they'll say, Abba, could we have this? And then, of course, he'll say yes. And maybe even if he knows you said no, he'll say yes anyway. And then you come in and say, what do you mean I said no? And then you become the bad guy. He becomes the good guy. And the kids know how to make you feel guilty. I'll give you a typical example of this. This is, for example, you work hard to get the kids in. You prepare supper. You know your spouse, his time is not so, he doesn't have that much time. And therefore you prepare. And besides, you need a break. When your spouse comes home, you're with the kids all day, most of the day, a lot of the day. Comes time, you need a break. And what happens? You want the kids away, away, like in Geniza, away in the closet, away. You want them out of the way when your husband comes home. So <clears throat> you can keep trying, but let's say you sometimes matzliach and you get them put away. Finally, this one fell asleep. This one stopped crying, this one is behaving, not talking, reading a book, and your spouse comes home. And he wants to spend time with the kids. He didn't see the kids the whole day. He loves the kids. This is quality time. He heard so much about spending time with the kids when they go to sleep. What a positive impression it could make because it leaves you leaves the impression for the entire night how building it can be, how phenomenal it can be, and so on. In the meantime, what happens? In the meantime, the uh, the kids are, you come in, he's ruining everything. He's going to sit now. You already have them all in bed. And he's going to sit now 
and he's going to undo everything you did. So you start screaming at him. You start screaming at your kids. What are you doing? I just told you, Tati wants to spend time with us. And your husband looks at you and says, I just want to spend time with the kids. And there you are, big, bad mommy. And it makes you look bad. And your spouse always does that. He comes in, in the middle of of everywhere. And he has his own way of doing things. And he wants to do what he wants. And he blots you out. And whatever you did, he'll undo. Because he wants to be the good guy. He wants to be the one who's Mr. Nice Guy. And you're the one who's, because you have structure. Because you... So you understand what's going on. We're just giving you some examples. Now, is this Lashon Hara? Are we speaking bad about your spouse? No, we're speaking little Ellis in order to identify these obstacles so that we can work with them and get past them. Think to yourselves at this minute, is one of these things applicable to your situation? Now, they may be, they may be, your situation may be more extreme. You have to know, and this is a critical piece, we are not talking about extreme situations. There are situations of abuse. I don't mean sexual abuse, heaven forbid. We mean emotional abuse, where one a spouse can have an agenda to put kids down. We're not talking about a mahalach, an approach in chinuch. An approach in chinuch is one thing. It may be a case where a spouse has an agenda to put things, put kids down. He enjoys having that control. He enjoys, she enjoys being a narcissist. Things like that, maybe because they were brought up in a terribly critical home. This is an extreme case. It needs to be dealt with individually. Most cases that we're dealing with are not this extreme case. Even so, there's another case which is also more extreme than the regular. Not that the spouse is an abuser. No, no abuse here. You won't call it, according to the professionals, abuse. That's when somebody's a narcissist, somebody's a super controller, somebody has an agenda to make you, put you down, make you feel bad. That's an extreme case. It's called abuse, and you have to get a competent authority involved. If you can't, you don't know how, ask advice. Go for advice. Ask your friends. Talk to people. Don't just suffer in silence. That's the worst thing. The second thing is, when things are not in an abusive fashion, but they can still be extreme. What does this mean? How can things be extreme without being abusive? It means we're not calling it a professionally won't be called abuse. It could be damaging very much to the children. So you can have an extreme case, which is also not abuse, but extreme. How? If one of the spouses has problems with anger, if one of the spouses has problems with negative emotions, and it's not just here and there, it's bigger either in quality or in quantity. In quality, they can go off in a rage, and that rage can be really, really scary. And it's not just one time in five years. It can happen a few times. It can happen every once a week, once in two weeks, once in three weeks. Also, that's enough. Children can get scared. And this can be a very damaging thing to children. So this needs to be visited by a private, competent authority, someone you can consult with. A spouse can have a problem with being critical. They don't know how to stop criticizing, but not just regular criticism. Not just the regular, but the extreme, they put them down nonstop. They don't know 
how not to criticize. They push it, put kids down, and that's what they do most of the time. That's also extreme, even though it doesn't necessarily come from abuse. It can be a spouse not being able to overcome their negative emotions. They may be full of bitterness. They may be full of anger. They may be full of pain from their upbringing, whatever the reasons are. If it's if the, these occurrences are not few and far apart, but they're more often than that, then you need to get individual guidance. Now, what if it's not extreme? It's not extreme abuse, nor is it extreme negative emotions. It's regular. It's regular, regular getting upset. It's not getting into a crazy rage. It's not throwing things. It's not beating the children up. It's not, it's just, and it's not hypercritical that you just knock them down and dig them into the ground. And it's, it's regular, regular midos, regular, we won't call it what kind of midos. It's regular. Those are the situations we're talking about. We're not talking about extreme. Now let's study a few of the different types of differences we can have. Let's study number one. When our spouse, we have to study the types of challenges, types of clashes, the types of conflicts we can have with our spouse. And then we have to study what can be done about it. Then we have to go into the different, the hashkofa and the values and priorities. So number one, the types of different things. We mentioned, we alluded to them at the beginning before, but the types of differences and fights we could have with our spouse is number one. When our spouse loses themselves, they give in to their bad midas. They get impatient. They get frustrated. And they can lash out. That's one case. And we're upset at our spouse this is not an extreme case. It can be frequent. It can be often. It's not happening in extreme proportions. It's just regular stuff, but it's, uh, you know, it's often, it's often they're exhausted from work. So they come home, they're a bundle of nerves and they make problems and, uh, and, the and the kids have to suffer from it. What do you, that's one type of situation where your spouse and you're reminding your spouse, you're telling your spouse, you're always mustering them, you're always mentioning to them. And it's still happening. So please understand, the way to help your spouse is not by mustering. It's not by telling them off. It's certainly not by making a coalition with your children and by protecting the children from your spouse. These things, that is the worst thing you can do. So understand, I'll say it this way. If you want to help your children, you really want to help them with the chinuch, don't protect them from your spouse. Help your spouse. How do you help your spouse? How do you help your spouse be a better parent? How? The first thing is you appreciate them. Appreciate the fine qualities they have in parenting already. Stop trying to make them better. And start appreciating how good they already are. This is a very tough thing for most of us. Because all we see is how our spouse is giving in to their negative emotions. And how they're hurting the children. But I'm telling you, if you really want to help your children. If that's your goal, protecting your children is hurting your children. If you really want to help your children, 
correcting your spouse in front of the children is hurting your children. Feeling that you're the machanach, you're the parent, and your spouse is in the way, is hurting your children. I promise you, so please, Rabbi Sai, if you can, the first thing to do is to start appreciating your spouse's qualities. Rosh Yeshiva Rav Yehuda Adis Shlita, the Yeshiva of Kol Yaakov Yeshiva in Jerusalem, one of the great Sephardic G'daylim alive today. So the Rosh Yeshiva once told us the story that somebody came home and complained about the spouse, that the spouse was destroying the children. It wasn't an extreme case. It wasn't the extreme cases I said before, because that needs very individual and specific guidance, whether it's a narcissist or whether it's somebody who loses himself or herself in extreme ways. It wasn't that. It was the regular, typical, terrible spouse syndrome. People that aren't controlling their midas and can lose it and can just regular people. So the Rashiva said to the spouse, tell your spouse what a good, I'm going to change this for our purposes. Tell your spouse what a good spouse he is. What a good parent he is. Let's say, tell your wife what a good mother she is. Or tell your husband what a good father she he is. And try to mean it. You know what? The Rashiva came back. Uh, the whoever discussed with the Rashiva, the parent came back a few weeks later and said to the Rashiva that the Rashiva saved their family. Please understand, if you want to help your children's chinach, even if your spouse is messing up, even if your spouse is giving in to negative emotions, and in your eyes, your spouse is hurting the children. Help your spouse first before you help your children. That's going to help your children more than anything else. Helping your children before helping your spouse is hurting your children. I can't reiterate this enough. I can't emphasize this enough. Helping your children without helping your spouse is hurting your children even more, much more. Helping your spouse first before helping your children will help your children. And how do you help your spouse? The first part of helping your spouse is appreciating your spouse, not correcting your spouse. It sounds counterintuitive. You're busy working, you're busy trying, you're so conscientious for chinuch. That's why I'm telling you from a chinuch perspective, if you care about your children's chinuch, please build your spouse. And the first place to build your spouse is to appreciate his or her parenting skills. Now you tell me they don't have any. You're just a miserable failure at parenting. You try your best to keep them out of things so that they don't ruin anything. If you feel like that, even if you think you're right, you're wrong. Because as long as you feel like that, the ones that will suffer are your children. Yes, that is right. It's counterintuitive. Your spouse is making all these chinuch mistakes. Your spouse is doing, again, not in extreme situations, but your spouse is doing it all wrong. And you listen to the classes. You go to the shiurim. You read the books. You know how to be mechanet. And your spouse is doing it all wrong. What are we telling you to do? Appreciate your spouse's parenting skills. He, she doesn't have any? That's what you feel? You have to start 
discovering them and uncovering them. Now, we've mentioned the part about taking a Nachas notebook in the past. It's something we've mentioned in our webinars and in our workshops to do for children. This is something to do for adults, not for children. To do for your spouse. Start looking at what the spouse is doing. I dealt with someone years back, a while back, about uh, Shalom Bayez case, and I told one of the spouses to make a list of all, they had only complaints about the wife, let's say, and I made them, I asked them to make a list. We came out with 25 things good about his wife. And the couple was holding by divorce. They decided to stay together. Hashem, a wonderful thing. Please understand, if you don't think that your spouse has any parenting skills, you're not seeing your spouse's parenting at all. You're just seeing your heart. Your heart is upset. He doesn't know what he's doing. She doesn't know what he's doing. And you block, block him or her out. You have to start noticing what good things they have as a parent. First of all, the very fact that they're around. It would be too hard for you to do alone what you do. What about of all the things they do to help the children? Whether it's a husband who helps make parnasa whether it's a husband who helps you with the food shopping or helps you with cleaning things or helps you with helping the kids with homework or will drive the kids to school or or brings in parnasa who can enable you to do what you do and bring up your children or your husband learns in koilal and he brings taira into that's whatever your husband does that contributes to the children. That's one thing. Another thing is to find areas where your husband is good in parenting. It could be the area of organization. When you go on a family trip, maybe we won't call it parenting. Maybe we'll call it areas where the children benefit. Maybe your husband is very good at being organized. And maybe... When you go on trips, he just does everything from A to Z. And therefore, you're able to have good times when you go on trips. Maybe he organizes the chores for the kids and stands on top of them, makes sure the jobs get done. Maybe he's on top of their homework. Maybe he's extremely responsible. To you, responsibility may not be an important thing in parenting. You may think the main thing is love and warmth. And compliments, your spouse doesn't compliment. Does it mean he doesn't do anything? Does it mean she doesn't do anything? Maybe she, he is very structured. Maybe she, he is very responsible. Maybe she, I remember, uh, I'll give you an example. I remember that one of the spouses, I once dealt with a couple, where the husband was very large, and the wife was very minimal. That means the husband is always out to spend money. The husband is always going to look for a good time and give the kids fun. And if if he'll buy something, he'll give everybody two or three portions of it. That's what we call large. In Hebrew, a maximalist in the psychological terms. And you can, the wife was the exact opposite. The wife was more introverted. Uh, I won't say on the quieter side, but more introverted, less effusive emotionally, less expressive emotionally. The wife would like, one time one of the children brought home a whole bunch of nash for Shabbos, and the wife was very upset. Too much. It's too much. You're overdoing it. You're over because this goes against her grain. So the husband used to put the wife down. When they came to me, 
All I heard when the husband was the wife doesn't know how to be mechanech. She stops the kids from having a good time. She does now. This wife used to do things with the kids. She would read to the kids. She would try to take pictures and make albums with the kids. She would take the kids to the park. She would buy them presents. But what kind of presents would she buy her kids? These like little things from the dollar store, from the... You understand nothing big. The husband is big and grandiose. To him, big means something and little means nothing. So he put down the wife entirely because he felt... He felt that whatever the wife does is not worth anything. Hamish not worth anything. So the can we say that the wife doesn't have any parenting skills? Is that what we can say? Or shall we say shall we say that the 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 wife doesn't have parenting skills or the husband's skills he has a different taste. Can we say it that way? It's nothing to do. The wife has special parenting skills and she shows she cares in her way. But the husband just throws that away. Just disqualifies that because it's not his way. People have different ways to express their care, to express their giving. So this is something we have to learn. If we care about our children's emotional well-being, we have to start appreciating our spouse. Honestly, we have to start recognizing our spouse's parenting skills. We have to recognize when our spouse does something good for the children. We have to point it out. We have to recognize it ourselves. And we have to give it a label. This is a sign that our spouse has a certain talent. Now, by me, by this couple we dealt with, with the large and the minimal, so the mother was putting down the spouse's, or the father, excuse me, was putting down the spouse's way of doing things. That's disqualifying. That's the worst thing for your children. I want to tell you something. One of the prisoners of Zion, a number of years ago, some 20, when the Iron Curtain fell and this prisoner of Zion came to Israel, I think he was in solitary confinement for like 14 years or something like that, maybe even more. And they asked him, what kept you sane? How did you not go out of your mind? And he said like this, please hear this. He said that it was his parents' shalom bayis. He didn't say the words in Hebrew. His parents had tremendous admiration for one another. And that gave him such emotional security that he was able to be in jail, in solitary confinement, for a time that a normal person would lose their mind. And he didn't. When you have mutual admiration, you are building your children in the greatest way. You're fortifying them for life. You don't know what you're doing for them. So please, it's the opposite of the way things seem. I beg you, I beseech you, if you and your spouse don't see eye to eye in chinach, and we're not talking in extreme situations. If you're not sure if it's extreme, ask. But not in extreme situations, in typical regular situations. You're not seeing eye to eye and you try to protect your children and correct your spouse. Stop it. You're hurting the children even more. Instead, about face, reverse, 180 degree turnaround, start looking to admire and appreciate your spouse's parenting skills.
And if you think they're non-existent, it's because you're not looking. If you think they're non-existent, it's because you're disqualifying them, not because you don't see them. It's because you say they don't mean anything. This husband, when his wife would buy things from the 99-cent store, it wouldn't mean anything. It's nothing. Why did you buy a little card and you signed it? It's nothing. When she would sit and read stories, he wasn't impressed. Take them out. Have fun with them. Take them here. Buy them ice creams. Do this. And boy, was he wrong. And he was hurting the children much more with his trying to make everybody be mechanach like him. Like him. So, Rabbi Sai, you get the idea. Step one, solutions and resolutions. Step one is to start discovering your spouse's parenting skills. How do you do it? Take a notebook and every day force yourself to write down something good that your spouse did for the children. Start observing. Start with the most general things, like having a job. Start with the most general things, like doing shopping. Start with the most general things, like helping out in some way. Start with the most general things, like organizing things. Start with the most general things, like taking your children to shul, Start with all kinds of general things, but give these things a label. Your spouse takes your children to shul. It means he wants to help the children connect to Hashem. That's what it means by definition. And don't go with the negative eye. He doesn't care if his children have your Mayim. He doesn't, of course he cares. Don't judge your spouse negatively and start your notebook what's going to happen is that you're going to you're going to start uncovering more and more things in ways that your spouse is a good parent and I'll tell you something start expressing it to your spouse start expressing what a good father you are what a good mother you are Thank you that you're such, but it's not your style. But he has problems. But I want to tell you something from Chachma. I heard a Dvar Torah from a wise man. He said the following. He said, the Mizmar L'Saida, Tehillim, has in it 43 words. He said that the Tehillim, which speaks about thanks, Yaidu Lashem Chastai, Four people have to thank. This Tehillim has in it 43 Psukim. So we're finding a lot of 43s. The Gemara that speaks about making 100 brachas a day, which brachas are an expression of thanks and praise. So it's on page 43 in Gemara Menachos. So What's 43? What's the 43? He says that the Chacham is the letters Cha, Ches, Chaf, Mem. Chatsi, Kos, Melea. Half of the cup. Half of a full cup. So a Chacham is somebody who looks at the half of the cup that's full. I shouldn't say half of a full cup, but the half full of the cup. A cup is half full. A cup is half empty. The Chacham looks at the half of the cup that's full. Chatsi kos melea. Now, what does it have to do with 43? Because kos, the letter kos, kof, vav, Samach. Kof is 20, Vav is 6, and Samach is 60. That's 86. Half of 86 is 43. Chatsi kos A wise person looks at the half of the cup that's full. Do you hear that? Be a wise person. Look at your spouse's good 
things in parenting and not only look at them, start complimenting your spouse for them. In general, I would suggest that you compliment, you thank your spouse altogether, not just in parenting, but the notebook that you make should be in parenting. And what's going to happen? Do you know what happens when somebody is believed in? When we believe in somebody, it only gets better. And they improve. And they become better and better. What is the way to help your spouse become better? The way to help your spouse become better is by appreciating their parenting skills more and more. The non-existent parenting skills that you don't see right now are the very things that will make your spouse better. Discover them, uncover them, acknowledge them, and your spouse is going to feel you appreciate his or her parenting. Now, be prepared. What's going to happen? Is your spouse going to become like you? No, absolutely not. So they'll become more responsible, more organized, more of a drill sergeant? No. They'll become a better parent as much as they can be. And that's critical. They have good things to contribute here. And the more you acknowledge them, the more good will come out of them. Not your way and not your style, but in the way that will benefit your children even more. You have to admit that your children, you're benefiting your children. Your spouse is doing things that are benefiting your children. The more you compliment your spouse in his or her parenting, the more good for the children will come out of the parenting. They won't become like you. You are you. And they will be them. And you will be you. And that's fine. But they will benefit the children more and more. The good that they do in parenting that benefits the children will grow. And more and more the children will be benefited by your spouse's parenting with what they have to offer, which we've disqualified. But there's another point here. Besides that, then that is you're doing the ultimate favor for your children because looking up to your spouse, admiring your spouse, having respect for your spouse will benefit your children more than all the chinuch in the world will. I'm sorry to say. Shalom Bayis benefits your children more than chinuch. I'll say it like this. If you are the best mechanech or mechaneches and your spouse is not included in your chinuch in your home, you try to keep him out of it. Again, not extreme situations, regular situations, but you try to keep your spouse out of the chinuch. You don't include them at all because you just ruin it. Let better you don't do anything than make it worse. So you're hurting your children terribly because there's no shalom bias. Shalom bias will help your children more than good chinuch will. You could be the best mechaneches, but if you're doing it solo, your children are losing out. If you have shalom bias and you're not doing good chinuch at all, and you look away, and you think your spouse is damaging your children. Not extreme cases, again, regular. But you are praising your spouse, looking up to your spouse, appreciating your spouse, and there's mutual respect, that will mutual appreciation. That will benefit your children more than anything else. And you know what? If you're already uncovering your spouse's parenting skills and you're appreciating them and you're 
complimenting your spouse for them, then I would be careful at the same time to preserve my spouse's dignity. At the same time, I would not correct my spouse in front of the children. Absolutely not. No way would I correct my spouse in front of the children. Heaven forbid. You preserve your spouse's dignity. Show your spouse tremendous respect. That's how your children will grow. That's how your children will thrive. That's how your children will be emotionally healthy. So we're hearing a new approach here, incorporating your spouse. This brings us to one a thing we mentioned in our tips. One plus one equals three. So the first thing we're saying here is when you admire your spouse, appreciate your spouse, acknowledge your spouse, respect your spouse, and it's mutual, you're building your children emotionally unbelievably. And that's more important than any of the chinuch in the world. That will build your children whereas good chinuch, but without including your spouse and even excluding your spouse, will not build your children and can even hurt your children and result in all kinds of lopsided dynamics, such as children playing one spouse against the other, one spouse looking bad, one spouse looking good, being ununited, that's... So the first thing we're saying is this will help your children more than any chinuch will. Shalom bayis will help your children more than any chinuch will. But there's another point here. And that is even in the chinuch itself, when it's a one plus one, it equals three. When it's one plus one, it's only one. Let's say you heard a class on a Shabbos table. And you want to make a real nice Shabbos table. You heard the webinar about the Shabbos table. You're really going to do something special here. And you're going to make it all nice. What about your spouse? Your spouse is falling asleep. So I'll try to nudge him. I'll try to get in. Why don't you incorporate your spouse? Why don't you share your ideas with your spouse? Now, if he'll disqualify them. So... If there's mutual respect, and we're not talking in extreme situations, your spouse will feel good that you shared with him, with her. If you're showing them respect and you believe in them, why don't you ask them what they think about it? How they would like to do it? Would they like to do anything of it? But what if you had seven different ideas and you're going to make it so fantastic, the Shabbos table, and your spouse is just killing everything. It's so dull and uncolorful. It's so black and white and so boring and so this, and he just wants to sing his mercy. But maybe you can get him to do one idea Ask him what he thinks about the ideas. Would he want to do it? How about if you ask him questions to get him to come up with a little bit of an idea? So what did you do here? Instead of you running the show and having seven having seven fantastic ideas, you spoke with your spouse, you showed him respect, and he came up with one little, stu- I don't want to say the word, one little idea that'll be a change. You know what? But that little idea is both of you together. Maybe he'll let you do one of your ideas too. Then you're working together. Then you have a one plus one equals three Shabbos table. Incorporate your spouse into what you're doing. Talk to him, even if you will get only a fraction as far in the results. But you've done the one plus one equals three. Now that will only follow if there's not a huge gap between you. But this is better in the chinuch for your children. Yes, you having a fantastic Shabbos table and you running it and your spouse is excluded is one plus zero equals one. And you together with your spouse is one plus one equals three. And I'll tell you a secret. Who's the three? There are three shutfim in a marriage, three partners in a marriage, husband and a wife 
En HaKadosh Baruch the Gemara says. So when you work together with your spouse and he came up with a measly little idea out of all the 17 ideas you brought him, but that he'll do, and you'll also do a little type of thing, but you have HaKadosh Baruch with you. And that chinuch will be a chinuch that HaKadosh Baruch is in, is is there. It's going to be an unbelievably more powerful chinuch. With that little idea your spouse has, because you preserved his dignity, and because you included him and didn't exclude him, and you really listened to his ideas, you didn't just tell him your ideas and okay, you'll go through the motions. You'll humor Rabbi Brizak because he said, no, you'll really listen to your spouse and let him come up with an idea or so and you'll value it, you'll appreciate it. Then your chinuch includes you and your spouse and the Kaddish Baruch There's no telling what blessings your spouse will, your children will get from such a chinuch. So we've said a lot of ideas today, mainly appreciating your spouse as a parent, expressing it. We spoke about it in detail. And we're speaking about a new idea now, which comes on the heels of the first idea. And that's including your spouse instead of excluding your spouse. And even more so, the next level of that is give him, defer to him that he come up with the ideas. What does he feel he wants to do based on what he said? And respect that. Appreciate that. And then you'll have the in your chinach. What can be better than that? There's still a lot of things to talk about when spouses disagree and other things. We're going to go further. I would ask all of you, again, we apologize profusely for the delay and the technical issues in this webinar today, as is Hashem, they'll be resolved for the next webinar. We'll ask you to send your reactions and your feedback or questions from this class to our email so that we'll have it for the next class. Please mention in the subject matter, webinar on Shalom Bias, and please send your feedback, questions, comments to ask Rabbi Brizak, one word, ask Rabbi Brizak, R-A-S-A-S-K, R-A-B-B-I, B-R-E-Z-A-K, at gmail.com. Ask Rabbi Brizak at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us today.